Ding dong. Hi, my name is Galileo Humpkins, and I'm with the Modern Fedora Podcast Association. Oh no, I'm not selling vacuums. I'm actually here to inform you about our hosting service, Anchor. Yeah, they're completely free, very premium. Uh, would you mind if I played you a quick demonstration? Okay, here it goes. Good afternoon and welcome to the funniest clean comedy show this side of Alpha Centauri. Other side, we can't guarantee it, but this side, yeah, you're good. You're listening to the Modern Fedora Podcast, episode 61. I'm your host, Dominic Meyer. Uh, Today, before we get to the actual program, we have to introduce someone that has been working behind the scenes for quite a while here at Modern Fedora. Interestingly, you have met him before as a guest. Welcome back to the show, John Fontaine. Hello. How are you? Terrible. I'm kidding. (laughs) So, John is our musical engineer. He's responsible for the dope songs that we have in our show. You hear him before, you hear him during, you hear him after. They're everywhere. Uh, And now he's going to be making occasional co-host appearances in the show. So, you know, he's like a mythical beast. You never really know when he's going to pop in. Hey, you gotta catch them all. You gotta. All right, so getting back to the topic, today we are talking about first. In case you weren't aware, everything we know had a first. Do you know the story behind the beginning of everything you know and love? Well, neither do we. So let's find out together, shall we? We shall. Okay, party people, welcome to the first segment. Uh, We're not going to waste any time. We're not going to dilly-dally. We're going to get right into it. Um, Some of these things you probably know, because hopefully you're not completely ignorant about the world, but some of these were kind of surprising, you know? I didn't realize. So we're going to start right out. Jono, why don't you read the first one for us? All right. So the first woman to fly solo over the Atlantic. You know, when you're flying in your plane, you're probably sleeping, you know, over the Atlantic to get to the other side of the world. Uh, otherwise, Fair. yeah, if you're if you're a pilot doing that, don't d- don't, don't don't sleep while you're flying a plane. But, you know, less than a century ago, flying was a really dangerous and risky sport, you know, nothing like what we do today. And on May 21st, 1932, Amelia Earhart, everybody's heard about her, and she flew over the Atlantic Ocean. She was the first one to do this, you know, and she was awarded a Distinguished Flying Cross by the U.S. Congress for doing this. Hmm. Too bad she went missing. Yeah, that's kind of an issue. (laughs) That is very confusing. And I know Amelia Earhart had all these amazing uh, distinctions in her career with aviation. But really the most notable one is her just vanishing. (laughs) Nobody has any idea about what in the world happened. Yeah, she was probably doing some crazy 
stunt flying around the world in one go, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, there are so many uh, stories and conspiracy theories out there that's... How would you even know? So many possibilities. So many things that can go wrong. Probably aliens. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, that was Amelia Earhart. And we have her to thank for transatlantic flight. So someone had to do it. Yes. Uh, This is the next one. And this one is also one that you probably know. The first telephone call. Mr. Watson, come here. These dry words were immortalized in history on March 10th, 1876, when Alexander Graham Bell made the first telephone call to his assistant, Watson, who was just in the next room. Um, you would have thought he would show something a little cooler <laughs> for the first words other than Mr. Watson, come here. Yeah, it's just like, hey, you get over here. <laughs> Mr. Watson, come into my study, please. I don't know if he was British. Just like you call somebody, you know, normally to say hello, to talk to them, to catch up. This guy was just like, get over here. I need you for something. (laughs) It makes me wonder when was Sherlock Holmes first written? Because if if Sherlock Holmes, right, October 14th, 1892... Uh, wasn't invented yet so I guess I'll give him that if Sherlock Holmes was invented at the time that he made this call he totally missed the opportunity to say it's elementary my dear Watson what if this is where Sherlock Holmes got the idea of Mr. Watson from that would be an interesting turn of events Um, it doesn't say that his assistant was a doctor Hmm. but I mean he could have been more conspiracy theories (laughs) all right moving on very similar to the last one we have the first cell phone call uh you know it's hard to get excited about a landline call and you know most people when they read about things they read them on their smartphones and land loans i don't even remember using a uh, landline before i think my grandma has a landline at my grandma's mm-hmm. house. I think that's the only time I've ever seen one. Besides maybe years and years ago at our house. We had a landline at our old house. And that was the first phone number that I had to remember in kindergarten. I do remember remembering phone numbers. Although by the yeah. time I had to do that. We had actual cell phones. You know and the first <laughs> the first cell phone call was made on April 3rd. 1973 uh motorola you know the company motorola the employee was martin cooper and he made the first cell phone call and his first immortal words kept in the chains of time are i'm ringing you just to see if my call sounds good at your end it's it's pretty Uh. pretty ironic you know (laughs) Because, you know, years and years later, he's still yelling to people, can you hear me now? That's true. Um, Still not the first words I would have used, but makes sense. Interesting, though. First cell phone made by Motorola. 
but where's Motorola today? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another good point. Dead in the water, as far as I know. Yeah, what happened to Motorola? Because Motorola did make a s- new smartphone, like, well, it feels like not that long ago, but I guess it was quite a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. But they were adding like the the mods to the back of the phone, where you could like get the camera and the projector. Oh, I think I've heard and, of that before. Yeah, I remember those, and now they're gone, like just completely. Just disappeared into thin air. Yeah. I mean, everybody's Weird. every company has its end at some point. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, they were the first to start the phone call, and they were definitely not the last. No. Unfortunately for them. Yeah. Okay. This next one is very fitting, actually. The first food ever microwaved was popcorn. Ooh. Yeah, I approve of that. This was on October 8th, 1945. Uh, Raytheon... Never heard of this company before in my life. Patented the first microwave cooking oven. They revealed that their engineer, Percy Spencer, had discovered the heating powers of microwaves when he was working with them in the lab and accidentally melted a candy bar in his pocket. He tested it out officially on popcorn, which was a success, and an egg, which exploded in his face. Ouch. Don't microwave whole eggs, kids. This one is very interesting. I'm glad that he went with popcorn mm-hmm. as the first thing, which what made him decide to explode corn and and an egg <laughs> and an egg. That was just stupid. But <laughs> Do you have any popcorn slash microwave horror stories to tell? Uh, Just a lot of burned popcorn. Yeah, that that that's just sad when you burn your popcorn. Then it just gets sad. Yeah. Well, I do like my popcorn, like, slightly burned. Like, not black, but where it just starts to get a little bit grayish. Crispy? Yeah. You like some Extra crispy. You like some crispy chicken popcorn? <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting, though. He could have picked a better name than Microwave, I feel. Because it's kind of confusing. Microwaves use microwaves, but now we just have the same name for both a ray and a machine. So, eh. thanks for that, Percy Spencer. I wasn't at the meeting where they named it. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. The first person to walk all the way around the world. No, that's just that's just an amazing feat to walk around the world. Um, Amazing feet. Pun intended. Pun not intended, but we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) So this happened on October 5th, 1974. A guy named Dave walked back into Minnesota from the west after having walked out of it from the east about four months earlier. That's not very long. Um, It notes here, yeah, and it notes here... This was minus the ocean. Right. I I mean, you got to be you got to be talented <laughs> to walk around the world, but I I if you were able to walk on the oceans, <laughs> then kudos to you. You've got my respect. Yeah. Um 
It is interesting to me that this took place in 1974. The first cell phone call took place in 1973. So I'm surprised that it took so long for someone to walk around the world. I mean, I don't know why you would want to. Maybe but... maybe it happened just in ancient times. They just forgot to record it down on one of their stone tablets. Right, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. Would you walk around the world? No, I don't. I don't think I would want to. I've heard of a guy mowing a single lawn or a single yard in every state before. Hmm, that's weird. Just a power move. <laughs> that's a really <laughs> that's weird what, accomplishment. <laughs> that's what these are. They're just power moves. Saying <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd probably drive something like a motorcycle around the world that would be fun I yeah i'd take a car I'd take a car around yeah. the world yeah i feel like cars like that's not an achievement anymore you'd have to do like you'd have to like crawl around the world like army <laughs> crawl around the world that's an achievement right there <laughs> i don't know how long you'd be spending on that but um weird weird <laughs> flex but okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. This is the first television sitcom, and you've probably never heard of it because I haven't either. So as long as there have been televisions, people have been laughing along to sitcoms. The very first TV sitcom called Pinwright's Progress debuted on November 29th, 1946 on BBC and it chronicled the adventures of the smallest store in the world. The first episode was about proprietor Jay Pinwright, his pretty daughter, and his arch nemesis, along with his helpful staff, who only made things worse. That actually sounds like a pretty good plot. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I'm very curious, the details of this show, like how long it ran and everything. I wonder if somebody like has old recordings of it that we could go and watch maybe of course it was, of course it was on the bbc yeah they gotta be first always uh i did google it and this looks like a picture of pinwright hmm. i think that would be accurate how would you describe him uh let's see a very weird hairdo looks kind of like hat hair but then he's got like two little hair horn spiky things on the side. And in this picture, he's wearing a three piece suit with a bow tie and it's black and white, of course. Interesting. Typical old timey guy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they'd ever make a, like a rerun of it. That, that would be cool. I think I'd watch it then. Yeah. Moving on. The first animal in space. Now that that's kind of impressive. <laughs> but again, uh again, uh name pronunciation. Uh Leica, the goodest girl ever. You know, the the goodest girl became the first dog and animal to go into orbit. This was done November third. 1957. Hmm. Um, th this this does 
come with a caveat, though. She did become the first animal to also die in space. Um, as the Sputnik 2, was, which was what she wrote on, was not engineered for re-entry. Mm. Um, That's sad. Yeah. A, a first all around the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know who Cosmo is? I feel like I should know who Cosmo is. So Cosmo was a dog in the Marvel universe, but he lives in nowhere and he has like a little doggy spacesuit. Could this be Cosmo real life? I'm just saying, do we know that she really died in space or did she turn into a space dog? She just became a space dog. She became all knowing. She knows the secrets of the universe. <laughs> She's able. To, she found aliens and they helped her out. Improvise, adapt, overcome. She learned how to breathe space dust. That would be impressive. <laughs> okay, the next one. The first selfie. This is where the world took a dark turn. Yes, I, I, I entirely <laughs> agree with that sentence. This was the beginning of the yes. end. Um, Instagram wasn't a thing in the 1800s, go figure. But young people still loved to take pictures of themselves. In 1839, Robert Cornelius had some extra time on his hands while working in his family's store. And decided to take a picture of himself, the first selfie. Uh, he had to hold his pose for at least several minutes, however, due to camera technology at the time, which might explain why he didn't do the duck lips face. Wow. Um, so you got the reservation for the time machine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were getting the tickets. Aw, oh, darn. <laughs> we'll have to go reschedule. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is a very bad picture quality of his selfie, though. I mean, kudos to him for trying it, but mm -hmm. just imagine that you took a black and white photo of somebody and then you just put a chicken on it and told the chicken to run around. <laughs> That's such a weird analogy. But it, but it works so well. <laughs> I was thinking like slightly burn it, but you know, chicken works too. Just just let a chicken go nuts and, you, and you'll achieve <laughs> the same results. <laughs> right. Oh, swiftly moving on from that dark time in history. The... the to another dark time. <laughs> to another dark time in history. <laughs> the first pedestrian hit and, and killed by a car. Wow, way to bring down the mood of the room. You're, you're giving me all the dark ones here. <laughs> in a day and age where pedestrians getting hit by cars now has become very unfortunately routine. You know, it hardly makes the news anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. There was still someone who was the first one to be hit and killed by a car, and that person was Bridget Driscoll, and she was hit by a demonstration car on August 17th, 1896. But 
the car was actually traveling at only four miles per hour. <laughs> what? Um. So I I don't understand <laughs> how. <laughs> How would that? How does that work? Okay, we need to go get the time machine tickets again <laughs> because a, a car going four miles an hour isn't that fast. That's like slow jog speed. Yeah, like very. Slow. And what makes the situation even more ironic, though, the guy doing the demonstration said that he hoped such a thing would never happen again famous last words hmm uh, i have agreed no idea what happened in this i mean there's so many turns first off it's a demonstration car yeah so how do you wander into a demonstration yeah uh, second it's going four miles per hour and my first inclination was okay maybe she was like 97 years old <laughs> yeah but she was only 44 uh-huh. So it's not like she just had a heart attack. Yeah. Probably. I don't know what happened. The, but it, it, it yeah. <laughs> I, just thinking about it if somebody got hit by a car going four miles an hour today, it 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 doesn't add up. Yeah, it's just a lawsuit. Yeah. It is kind of funny, though, because, like, we have some action movies where, like, somebody will get nailed by a car and they'll, like, fly up onto the windshield and then roll off and be fine. Mm-hmm. But this lady didn't survive. She was not fine. mile per hour. <laughs> she, she, she was not, not fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, it's time for the first text message. So we know that texting is a s- essential to modern life. Yes. It's like water. Uh, we have to thank Neil Papworth. Apparently, he developed SMS. He was working on developing it for Vodafone, another dead phone company. Rest in peace. Oof. And he sent the first message, which was Merry Christmas, exclamation point. Hmm. Neat. Yeah. I don't know where we would be without texting. Honestly. This is true. It's just such a common thing now. How many texts? I would be. Go ahead. How many text messages are sent a day? I have, I have no idea. I'm going to Google that. So I guess Vodafone was around until 2017. Oh, wow. Or or 2018, this one says too. So 2017, 2018, where it merged with another company called Idea. Hmm. Never heard so of it. So it was lo- around longer <laughs> than I thought. All right. Grand answer. Over six billion texts are sent a day wow the first the first of six billion that's impressive Mm. so (laughs) blessing or curse i don't know you tell us oh yes 
<laughs> All right, moving on to the next. The first observed solar flare. I, mm, solar flares. Yeah, solar flares are pretty cool, but they're also they can be damaging to computers if they aren't protected. I that's true. Got to protect our computers. Mm-hmm. Um, the first ever recorded and observed solar flare was September first, eighteen fifty nine, and it was reported mm-hmm. by British astronomer. Richard Carrington. Oh, and here's his fun fact. It was also the most powerful solar flare recorded. Interesting. So he also went blind. Oh, he did. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm picturing technology in 1859 and some British dude watching the sun yeah. with a telescope. And then, like, a part of the sun explodes, because that's pretty much what a solar flare looks like. Yeah. And he's just blind. <laughs> uh, yeah, now that I think of it, you're just staring at the sun through a <laughs> telescope, and then it just, boom. I, I guess I understand yeah. why he went blind. <laughs> this is why there's there was probably always an open position in this field in the 1800s, because... It don't last very long staring at the sun all day. Probably not. I I mean, I don't think even today you would last very long staring at the sun all day. <laughs> yeah. We have different ways of doing it, though. True. Uh, okay. This next one is kind of scary when you really think about it. This is the first skyscraper. So before 1884, all buildings were short and men were tall and the sky was much closer to the earth. At least that's how it felt until the home insurance building, always insurance buildings that got to build skyscrapers. Of course. Was erected in downtown Chicago. It was 10 stories high, 136 feet tall, was made out of steel and bricks. Uh, it was the first official skyscraper. It was demolished in 1931. Hmm. That's cool. Probably because it was made out of bricks. <laughs> yeah. Ten stories high. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a cool fact, but you think about it. I don't think when it was built, I would have come in with inches or within a foot of it, because you just think of how unstable well, I mean, it was. Yeah, it must, I mean, eight, 1880s, you probably wouldn't have thought much about it being like that. But, but by the time yeah. the 1900s come around or even today. Yeah, especially today. You, I mean, you touch you the sneeze thing. and the building comes down. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll be like you, you'll be looking into the sky, looking at it and you'll be like, "Ooh, what's that? Splash. Get, get struck by a brick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they took it apart. Bricks were just falling all over. Who knows? Moving on. This is probably a fact that you've heard of before. The first person to go over Niagara Falls 
in a barrel and live to tell the tale. Before we get into this, what's what's your thought process when you get when you decide that you're gonna get in a barrel and go over a waterfall? What's what's the thought process? Probably to see how many monkeys can fit in a barrel. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so Annie Edison Taylor was the person who did this on October twenty fourth. 1901 she climbed in a barrel and sailed over the edge of the famous niagara falls fun fact she wasn't the first person to try this but she was the first person to survive it (laughs) so so she knew and she, she went into this Knowing that there was a very big likelihood, likelihood, you know, that she was not going to make it. Right. But she decided to do it anyways. <laughs> uh, good for her. So I went to Wikipedia. It looks like there was at least two, pe- three people that died before her. There was Joseph Avery and then two unnamed people that went over. And didn't make it. And then it's like literally on and off the next from after her. Like dead, lived, dead, lived, dead, dead, lived, dead, lived. Okay. Why? It's who authorizes it's like almost this? Exactly, it's almost exactly a 50-50% chance. Why are you doing yeah, this? Who authorizes it? <laughs> are, are they just like undercover in the night? Just like getting in a barrel and sailing over? <laughs> Um, Who knows? Um, and after uh, Annie had said this, um, she had said she said after she had done this crazy stunt, she said that if it was my dying breath, I would caution anyone against attempting the feat. I would nice. sooner walk up to the mouth of a cannon, knowing it was gonna blow me to pieces. <laughs> Gonna make another trip <laughs> over the falls. Oh my word! Um, well, she didn't have a good experience on her way down. I don't think so. I mean, I'm looking at pictures now. Someone after her, named Bobby Leach, went over with a steel barrel, like a suit, like a really long steel barrel with rivets, heavy duty. And you look at the picture of Annie Taylor next to her barrel mm-hmm. uh it's not even as tall as she is it's a literal wooden barrel like a wine barrel pretty much wow so it probably definitely was not a fun time what what was wrong with her <laughs> i uh, i don't know certainly an interesting fact i fact i will remember yeah at least for now. Yeah. All right. Next, we have the first national park open for visitors. Ooh. So Yellowstone certainly existed before March 1st, 1872. But that was the day it was declared the first national park in the U.S. So you probably couldn't buy souvenir socks that looked like bears before then. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, thanks to Ulysses S. Grant, the park has since hosted millions of tourists, astounding them with its natural beauty and strange assortment of branded merchandise. Hmm. Yeah. So, that's when it happened. They, they certainly do have some wacky merchandise. I mean, they, they have like the, you know, the normal stuff like shirts, hats, even pocket knives mm-hmm. and then you go to mm-hmm. one section and they've got like hand muffets and uh <laughs> slingshots weird yeah i i actually uh was given a slingshot from a park before and it, well i guess why i mean it's cool but who would think of this <laughs> I guess that's what Ulysses S. Grant wanted. Everybody to go around, run around with sing shots, pinging each other. Uh, yeah. He wanted you to hunt for your own dinner. Yes. <laughs> Come here, bear. I'm going to hit you with my <laughs> slingshot. See how that works out for you. Probably not well, I, I would assume. <laughs> Probably not. All right, moving on. The first corporate sponsorship on TV. Big long words, which is fancy for the big advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, these days there are so many advertisements on everywheres. You know, it can be hard to know what's an advertisement. And what's actually what you thought you were going to be watching. That's true. I mean, I didn't term, I didn't go to the TV to watch advertisements. I wanted to watch a show. Right. Back in June 19th, 1946, around that time period, it was simpler. But on June 19th, 1946, it was the day that... Gletti sponsored the broadcast of a boxing match between Joe Lewis and Billy Kahn. I mean, you know, advertisements aren't all bad, but most of the advertisements I see are for uh, mobile game ads. Right. And if you think about a mobile game ad... And what they are now is just awful. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand the premise of monetization through ads. It is kind of an interest. It's a good idea. But I don't know. Sometimes there's certain platforms that just have way too many ads. Mm-hmm. Way too many. Yeah. And you, you just go anywhere is now. And you'll you'll see an advertisement for oh, something. Man. Now that YouTube has double ads, they have like the two videos per, and you can't skip. Uh, what were they thinking? I, I why hasn't anybody they stopped were thinking, them? They were thinking ad revenue. <laughs> well, what the the funny <laughs> the funny thing is that the creator that puts the ads into their video only gets money when somebody clicks on said ad. 
I don't know. It, it would, it's all I yeah. know is it interrupts my viewing. It interrupts me being, you know, just like, hey, I need to. My friend just fell down the stairs and dislocated his shoulder. What do I do? Oh, maybe I'll mm-hmm. go onto YouTube and see how to relocate a shoulder because <laughs> my house is in the middle see? of nowhere, <laughs> and that it would take an ambulance forever to get to me. <laughs> I think I'll go on YouTube and remember how to dial nine one one. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot how to do that. Well, well, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you know it takes maybe <laughs> an hour for the ambulance to get there. You're kind of in a sticky situation. So, you know, I, I'm gonna go to YouTube now. Oh, here's a nice simple video: how to easily relocate a broke, uh, dislocated shoulder. Boop. Requires GPS. Would you like to buy this product? No. Well, would you like to buy this product instead? No. Well, we're going to show you another product. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old YouTube. Gotta love it. I don't think it's just restricted to YouTube, though. It's not. It's not. Uh, okay, here's another one. First author to earn $1 billion. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, For someone who wrote a villain so terribly, he literally couldn't be named, J.K. Rowling managed to write a whole lot of other things, including Harry Potter. So we all know how popular that franchise is, mm-hmm. and apparently it's so popular that she earned over $1 billion, making her the first ever billion dollar author you know sometimes it's hard to visualize big numbers and to realize just how much one billion dollars is so it's mm-hmm. just crazy like you take a thousand okay yeah and you multiply yep. you pu- you multiply it uh so many times to- just to get to a million you lost me <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll, we'll cut that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, actually start I like to I like to think of it as um you could have a billion dollar tacos from Taco Bell. Okay. You could have a billion spicy potato tacos. Okay. You take a thousand and multiply it by itself and you get a you get a million. Right. You and that's just so many zeros, you know. It's a lot of zeros. But a billion is so many more millions. It's just kind of crazy. It is indeed. It is indeed. All right. Moving on. The first gold medal in the Olympics. And so this was. Wouldn't you think this would also be the first Olympics too? You know, for, uh, for wouldn't you think? Would it though? Well, I mean, this I think haven't Olympics been going on since like ancient Roman times? True. Well, the first gold medal for certain uh, was won in the in the nineteen o four Olympics. 
Um, and back, the, you know, I'm not sure about today, but in these Olympics, the medals were actually cast from pure solid gold. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Um, yeah. and they were they were cast until, yeah, until 1912, and then they and then they deemed it too expensive. <laughs> I mean, I think I would agree with them on that. That's yeah. Think about how hard that would be to find too. You gotta find that a short. Yeah, short run. Of solid gold metal. Now it's silver. Still precious. Coated in gold. Mm -hmm. Dipped delicately in gold. Like a beautiful chocolate. A chocolate. Like those chocolate fountains. You take a a strawberry. Dip it into the chocolate fountain. Yeah fondue. Take a silver hunk. And you gently fondue it. Into liquid gold. I don't think you would want to eat that, though. Probably not. <laughs> it might taste similar to those little chocolate coins, but... I th- I think it would taste similar to molten gold in your mouth. Right. <laughs> Do you know what molten gold tastes like? Uh, Probably the same as a hot potato. True. Those things are... Deadly. De- deadly. They are awful. <laughs> you you better wait for the potatoes to c- cool down when they come out of the oven. Well, better wait for your potatoes to cool down, kids. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. The first 3D movie actually happened a lot sooner than I thought. So, 3D movies have been intriguing and nauseating people for a century actually mm-hmm. on September 27th 1922 the first 3D film or stereoscopic film premiered in Los Angeles it was a five reel melodrama named the power of love so thought the first 3D movie would have been an action flick yeah yeah it seemed like it should have been but yeah no you got to you got to see people making out in 3D y- you think about this 3D it would be this, you know, revolutionary technology to people. Right. Instead of, why do we want action? We could have somebody, <laughs> you could have love. Uh, it's Forget about the like, action. The director would be like, I want my movie to pop out at the watchers, you know? I want them to be immersed. And they're like, oh, what do you want it to be about? Explosions? And like, love. 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 In 3D. <laughs> 3D love. Oh, man. But that must have blown people's minds back then. Mm-hmm. Like, just think about that. All right. So next up is the first voicemail message. Mm. Come to think of it, I don't ever use my voicemail. Do you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. I forgot it even existed at uh quite a few points i think i've forgotten that voicemail is a thing because i just don't think people use it very much anymore most people don't really call anymore true my voicemail is called sms yeah that works Mm -hmm. um on april 9th 1860 
Edward, Leon Scott, D. Marchinville. Fancy names. Big name. Fancy. Inadvertently invented the first voice message. Decades before voicemail, you know, would become both a blessing and the curse that it is today. Mm-hmm. Too much hassle. So, so what did it, you know? What did you talk? What did you say? You know, you think about all these other guys that have just said the most random things. Well, he <laughs> said, "Mr. Watson, <laughs> come in here." Yes. He decided to sing a ten-second clip of a French folk song. Once again, apologize for the bad name pronunciation. <clears throat> Just say it with a weird accent; it'll go. Oh, Claire de la Lune. And scientists weren't actually able to play the recording until 2008. Whoa! So, yeah, um, I mean, wow. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he didn't mean to record that because yeah, it says inadvertently and he was singing a 10 second clip of this song. He was probably just working on something in his lab, singing to himself, recorded it. And then in 2008, scientists were like, we have extracted the first voice message ever. It will bring us infinite knowledge. <laughs> knowledge unlocked. Sing. Does <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make me curious what this song, Au Claire de la Lune, was about. Or what it sounded like. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say that it was French. Uh, I mean, it doesn't say it was a. Fr- it does say French folk song, so. True. I mean, it's, it certainly sounds interesting. Uh, okay, I just looked it up, yeah. and it looks like it's a lullaby song. Interesting. So maybe he had a little kid while he was working in his office. Maybe. It is yep. son. He was we'll, just singing. Yeah, we'll leave the French singing to Edward. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, here's another one. Jeanette Rankin, a Republican from Montana, made political history on November seventh, nineteen sixteen, when she became the first U.S. woman elected to a national office. <clears throat> The irony is that women didn't even win the right to vote until 1920. Ooh. So four years later, if you're paying at home, paying attention at home, kids. I mean, that's 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 very I, ironic. That's in my throat. <laughs> that's that's very ironic. I mean, how did she get into? How did she get in then? Did people just know. like her uh, so much that they just decided, cool, you're in? Maybe she did serve for more than 60 years and later said her proudest moment was being the only woman who was able to vote in Congress for the women's right to vote. Ooh, now that's a privilege. So she did play a big role in that. Yeah, that, that's a kind of, that's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool privilege to thing be able to, to be able to say. Moving on. The first published world map. Um, 
to me it looks like it was not to scale. That's that's certainly something that's been common with other maps. You ever seen those videos where they take the scales of the continents of the world and it's just kind of crazy how much of a difference it is? Like Alaska yeah. is so big. You know, compared to other countries, uh, like Europe. Huh. I don't think I've ever looked into that. I, I know I've seen it somewhere before, and it's just kind of crazy. Uh, the, but the first world map, the first atlas, was published in 1570. And it was a 53-page book. Oh, it was a book? Yeah. That's pretty imp- wow. pretty impressive. 53 pages just to get a map of the world. Yeah, I will say the map does look a little derpy. Yeah. But, I mean, this was 1570. Mm-hmm. So. Pretty impressive. Kudos. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right this next one is kind of terrifying um i'm gonna pre- i'm gonna preface this with anything that emerges from the black abyss of the ocean and has like a million legs terrifying <laughs> archie a 28 foot giant squid was accidentally caught in a fishing net in march 2004 And while many people have claimed to have seen giant squid in the past, he was the first giant squid to be captured. He didn't survive long. Thank goodness. Yes. But (laughs) you can still see him displayed in the London Natural History Museum or also in your nightmares. Yeah, I mean, what's the term called for people who have a fear of the ocean? Uh... I don't remember. I think it starts with a TH. Thalassophobia. Yes. Would not recommend going to the ocean where those guys were fishing. Nope, 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 nope. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay about a hundred miles away from that area. Yeah. Um I like the ocean as much as the next guy, mm-hmm. but there are some big things in the ocean mm-hmm. and even if they're not uh necessarily harmful i don't like big things that emerge from the places i can't see them the deep dark abyss oh yeah scary 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 uh, especially i don't want none of it especially when those big things have long <laughs> tentacles that could grab you <laughs> yeah oh Murphy, my word. Murphy, that's like one of murphy's law what what oh, can yeah. happen will happen, so stay away from this squid. What can squid will squid. <laughs> yes. Archie's law. <laughs> it's a very simple law. Yes. All right. Moving on to the first roll of toilet paper. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. We, we should... If we go back to the time machine, we should push this one to the past by quite a bit, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Can we actually just get a little round of applause for this? 
Yeah, brava, brava. Yeah. Well, today, you know, we have, at least we have toilet paper today. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, centuries past. I, I imagine people would have just used their hands. I mean, oh my word! What else could they ha- What else could they do? <laughs> Poison ivy. I wouldn't recommend that. Not that I, not that I've done it before. <laughs> Just the general idea behind it seems like a bad idea. Right. Well, the man we get to thank for toilet paper was Joseph Gaetti. And this was made in 1857 when he invented toilet paper. That seems like way too soon. Oh, I mean, like way too close to present. Like, yeah. I mean, when did you say it was? Eighteen fifty-seven. Okay, so that's like I'm looking back at some of the stuff we talked about. That's only three years before the voicemail. Oh. What else does it compare to? Hmm. Uh, it's only a little bit before the first national park. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean... It's only a little bit before the first skyscraper. Oh. And it was 57. It was two years before the solar flare. I don't... Yeah, I don't like that. It it should have been further back in the past. (laughs) (laughs) What were people doing before then? You know what? I don't want to know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only a handful of options. (laughs) A handful of options. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, pun not, pun not intended. Let that one sink in. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sir Joseph, for the TP. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're forever indebted to you. Unfortunately, we need you to make some more because there was a shortage. Somewhat recently. And that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. The the toilet paper kind wars. Yeah. TP wars. TP wars. All right. Let's go to the next one. First robots used in military combat. Cool looking robot. Fancy. First off. Yeah, it's got like little tracks and everything. It's got antennas. Um yeah. We know that robots have been in sci-fi for years and years, but they actually only recently became a reality in this function. It was in July 2002, one year before I was born. Uh, robots Hermes, Professor, Thing, and Fester were the first robots deployed in Afghanistan. The robots were responsible for clearing caves ahead of human troops they're described as heavy enough to trigger mines, tall enough to trip booby traps, and long enough to carry 12 cameras, a grenade launcher, and a 12-gauge shotgun. Wow. You don't want to get on the... These are decked out. You don't want to get on the wrong <laughs> side of this robot. <laughs> it'll, it'll be... No. I, don't, don't poke it with a stick. It'll poke you back. It'll do more than poke you back. <laughs> it'll poke you back with a shotgun. <laughs> You know how cool it would be to have like a little wheelie robot named Professor? 
Yeah, that would that would be pretty fun. That'd be super cool. Don't bring it to show and tell in school, though. At least not with a 12-gauge attached. No, would not recommend. Probably it. frowned upon. <laughs> Zero out of ten would not recommend. It is actually frowned upon in most societies. Yes. Moving on, we have the, one of the first white liger. So this one needs a little bit of explaining. Mm. A liger yes. is actually an animal which is created when a lion and a tiger mate. You know, and this is... Interesting. You know, and this hybrid animal has existed for years, but only in December 2013, a white Bengal tiger, tigress, named um, Sarah Swatsy. Can you pronounce that? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Swati? I guess. So this, uh, Bengal tigress, uh, mated with a white African lion, which was named Ivory. Much simpler name. That's easier. That's a lot easier. Yes. And the first white ligers were actually born. Um... Here's another question. Mm-hmm. Why has why hasn't a unicorn become reality? <laughs> I mean, if they if they can do if they can do a white if they can do a white liger, where are the unicorns? All right. So what what you need to do? You'll get the horse, okay? And I'll go and I'll uh-huh. go I'll go grab a narwhal. <laughs> oh my word. I mean, at this point, they can do anything. You probably don't need wild horses impaling people. It'd be fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, After that random question. Yeah. My word. Ligers are weird, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's such a combination you think wouldn't exist. I don't think I would trust a liger. Never trust a liger. I don't think I would trust a tiger. That's true. Or a lion. That's true. Either. That's also true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here is the last one of today, folks. Um, it's a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, the first video game console. Video games, they're everywhere. Um, nowadays, we have crazy hyper-realistic gameplay. Uh, such amazing immersion. We even have VR now. Mm-hmm. And it all descended from the Magnavox Odyssey, the first video game console. It was sold in 1972 for the equivalent of $500 today, which is very weird because that's like mm-hmm. the going price of a console. So it's very consistent. Weird how that stayed the same. Very and the games on the Odyssey included tennis, hockey, and roulette. That sounds somewhat similar to a sports game that I've played before. Yeah. 
I'm just shocked of the price. I mean, you think about it today, it's revenue. Re- <clears throat> Reminiscent? It's revolutionary technology today. Oh. You know, we're buying, you know, for these high premium prices. Back then, it was still revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it stayed at that same price. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just weird, you know. Usually things change with fluctuation and inflation and stuff, but Mm -hmm. to think that it was, like, the same price. Looking at it now, if you look up a picture of this Magnavox Odyssey, I don't even know what this looks like. I, what? I can't even compare it to anything. No, it's, it's honestly even looks weirder than, like, the old NES it looked or you know oh, yeah. Sega it it looks even weirder than them. Actually, you know what? I found a description. It almost perfectly looks like the roof of Pizza Hut. Yes. That is But the, it's white. Yes, that is the perfect way to describe it. It's a little Pizza Hut. <laughs> pizza Hut to go. <laughs> right in the house. And the controllers Already. too. The controllers are yeah. weird. Yeah, they are. Back then, we didn't have any understanding of ergonomics while playing games. <laughs> we just needed buttons. <laughs> just buttons. Yep. All right. That is the list of firsts. Lots of good stuff there. And a couple bad things. <clears throat> Selfies. Oh, that's true. We <clears throat> forgot. Selfies, someone got hit by a car. Yeah. Space dog. Space dog. Rest in peace. Well, I guess that about finishes things up. Time for some call to action. First off, please leave us a review and like and follow our podcast if you haven't already. We very much appreciate that. That way, you not only help us out in the algorithm, but you also don't miss each new episode that drops, because that would be a shame. Yes. And you can also check out the blog at modernfedora.blogspot.com. That's really cool. You know, Jaden writes on it each week. You know, it's short. Little snippets of written happiness. (laughs) Well said. All right, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Modern Fedora Podcast. Don't forget to wear your fedora. Fedora.